0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Evolving Engineering and Construction Brands podcast with your host, Matthew Winkelstein. And if this was the late 90s, you'd hear a beep, leave a message. That's because this is our voicemail. We're on summer vacation until Thursday, July 13th. You'll also notice that we're releasing episodes on Thursdays instead of Tuesdays. Expect new episodes from us beginning on Thursday, July 13th. Until then, we hope y'all are having a fantastic summer.
1: My name is Heidi and I do work for VCP Sales, which is a small business that specializes in launching new pipeline coding and also distributing it while working with suppliers as well. So we have a lot of different end users and a lot of clients that we target We've been open for a few years. We pride ourselves on customer service, efficiency, and building upon the relationships that the founder had and I've created as well in the pipeline integrity industry, as well as oil and gas and water and wastewater.
0: Are there any other industries that you're focused on?
1: Mostly that with the addition of industrial facilities, maintenance, basically preserving a lot of the aging assets with preventing corrosion.
0: How would people check out your company and your product? They
1: can definitely go to our LinkedIn page, VCP sales or our website, vcpsales.com. We also have a YouTube page as well as a, an Instagram under protecting pipelines.
0: We'll link to that stuff in the show notes so everyone can check that out and check out Heidi. We'll also link to her LinkedIn profile. Yeah,
1: feel free to connect. I'm always open to connections, especially if it's relevant to each other's industry.
0: Yes. And so I've had the benefit of speaking with Heidi previously. We connected through the power of LinkedIn and we've had a conversation. And so I wanted to have you on this to tell your story and to talk about some of your journey and how I think it's applicable to others. And so why don't you tell us, how did you get started in the industry and how did you get started in marketing and sales?
1: So I'll start with the easiest part first, which is getting into the pipeline integrity industry was a huge blessing. And I basically applied for a little above entry-level sales position. I had the privilege of starting over my career after about 15 years of owning businesses and was blessed to stumble upon this industry. Uh, Everyone knows that the oil and gas industry is number one, terrific. And number two, everyone says, why didn't I find it sooner? So I feel the same way. Once I did get the sales job I quickly got promoted through a brand that I was selling, coding that I was selling, did very well with it, with the end users, and actually met my boss who started his own company about a year in of me being in the industry. And I've been in the industry, the pipeline integrity industry for three years. We crossed paths and had a conversation just at the start of his creation of VCP Sales and I fit right in. And I basically run the company as far as sales and marketing goes. And the reason I was chosen for that is because I have many years of experience in successful sales, but also marketing. And I started with VCP sales in July of 2021. So my marketing background quickly carried us through the after effects of COVID. And I had been in marketing since my early college years in my early 20s. I didn't really take seriously. And now when I got stronger into the marketing field, I started remembering things, especially from my PR classes that came into play with online marketing now. So I started in sales print sales and publishing sales for tech target and pc magazine which are very large technology publishers that was around 2007 prior to that i was in hospitality sales but that real core online sales or online marketing came through with the publishers that i worked for and was ahead of the times in doing ebooks so i had to sell the rights to that a lot of online marketing they set trends on especially pc magazine reviews things like that so i could go on and on into that feel free to google them but that's where i got my core marketing especially digital marketing foundation i started my company shortly after that a vacation rental company and Quickly became, you know, shot to the top of the market there. A lot of that was because I stayed up till two in the morning on SEO, making sure the pictures on my website was named properly to get that organic SEO, all of that stuff from behind the scenes. But interestingly, I never created a brand for myself. And I think that is interesting for so many reasons, but specifically, it's still what I struggled with a little bit coming into VCP sales, and I'll get into that in a moment. So from the Vacation Rental Company, I started a jet ski, kayak rental company, and then a restaurant. And it all became a little bit too much as I had was navigating some personal things, death in the family, and I just decided to stop and get into another industry where it wasn't so easy for me to work, work, work. <laughs> <laughs> But the online marketing base there really came through because I started the company in 2008, and it transitioned me through all the way through 2012, 2015. And those seven years were real key to online marketing and building that.
0: I, I would imagine that not only did you develop the Online Marketing Foundation, but as a small business owner, I can understand why the person that started VCP Sales would want to come after you first, because I imagine that you really have an understanding of what it takes for him to run the business and also for your customers that are in different positions where some marketers have never done anything besides marketing. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I found is some of them, they are challenged to understand what it's like to run a business or run a P&L. I imagine that's a way that you can also connect. You can take that marketing experience and also take that business experience. Will you elaborate on some of the things you learned about being a small business owner and how you apply that at VCP sales and also in your marketing today?
1: Oh, there's so much. I agree with you there. My boss definitely appreciates the fact that I know operations. I know the back end, I'm conscious on costs. And a lot of that did come from my businesses because I didn't do so well when it was just me and had a great assistant who was with me for many years, but they didn't have the operations and the entrepreneur mentality like I did. So it was really important back then for me to take more time because of the things that I am naturally good at, which is operations, marketing, things like that, fell to the wayside when we became so busy because I'm also a doer. So I would do a (laughs) lot of the things a lot of the operation tasks that I could have delegated, I didn't and did it myself and whatnot. So I've learned that for his business. I also try to shine the spotlight a lot and encourage him to get out there and create a brand for himself because I never did that. And it's always best to be proactive in that regard and in control of your brand and your persona. Marketing is a great way to do that in industry too. There's so many free webinars now and free courses that you can take to build upon that digital media, you know, strengths. The small business aspect coming from owning my own business into launching a new business and new products, I knew I had to build credibility first. I was new to the industry. I was launching new products and we were launching a new business. So development was key and branding was key.
0: That's absolutely fascinating. (laughs) Do you feel like you're building your personal brand today?
1: I feel like I am. I was very shy in doing that and because it wasn't mine and it's terrible to say, but because it wasn't mine, it gave me the strength to and the courage to be vulnerable because I'm... I'm very productive and I have a very strong work ethic and where that comes into play. I had to put myself out there being new to the industry. People think, oh my gosh, you were new in COVID, but really that was an opportunity to me because I was a rookie and there was a lot of peers that were going to have a hard time adjusting and coming from a digital media background, somewhat strong sales background. I knew I had to get out there online and take advantage of this for the good of the company. And that's where I was able to develop the courage on days that I didn't want to put myself out there. I did a LinkedIn Live with a corrosion veteran so that I could learn the corrosion industry faster because I knew if I was going to get on camera and talk about it, I had to know it. I did a LinkedIn Live with another corrosion veteran, but we did it on professional development. And that allowed me to develop my skills a little more and definitely see where I was still lacking. So I had to work on myself and paying attention to myself or building on myself was something that was not second nature. So with it being another person's business and me being responsible for a lot of the marketing and sales, I knew I had to, and that's where I found the courage and motivation.
0: I'm glad you did. I've watched your brand grow since we've known each other. I met you probably a little bit earlier in your journey, and it's been great to see you, especially the last 12, 18 months where I can see from the outside where you're benefiting from all your work, where I see you at conferences, you see the people that are engaging with your content that you're actually meeting because you do have such a great personality and a fantastic work ethic that that when people actually meet you, it's like, oh, She's awesome. All right. Of course. I love her brand. I want to consume more of it. I want to buy from her. I want to establish a relationship. And I've seen you leverage that in your time at VCP. And I want to congratulate you on that. I'm interested in the video series because I do remember when you were doing the video series, what would you say some of the benefits from doing the video series were and what did you learn?
1: Before I jump into that, I want to say people forget about the fact when they're building their brand on, on, let's say LinkedIn, for example, That has to be backed up in person. It comes from being authentic. So if you're going to get online and say, you know, the products, or you're going to get online and say, whatever it is you say, you better have that backed up in person or else those relationships that you're working so hard to build are going to fall flat. And that goes for online and in person. A lot of people in my industry are male, a lot of build and pride themselves on technical sales. And some of them think that I get away with being friendly and whatnot, but it takes backing that professionalism up in person and that's i think what takes me so far like you said and very well worded it takes me so far online as well people see it in person and see it on linkedin and and that's a connection that's a true connection that makes them want to decide and consider doing business with me. Hopefully they do, but I won't flatter myself, but it definitely allows them to say, okay, I've met her. I've watched her. I want to consider doing business with her. And most of the time that progresses the sales cycle. So I've heard that criticism
0: before, and I think it's an unfair criticism. So I had the benefit of selling engineering services and multiple organizations and sold a technical product. And that was some of the same criticism that I got from people where it's, oh, he just likes to talk. He just likes to do this kind of stuff. And I absolutely believe that having a personality that people want to spend time with is a benefit, but I assume you're the same way because I'm not a technical professional. I did every possible thing to make it easy as I could on my customers. And so what I didn't understand from a technical standpoint, I made up an effort and I made up with making their job easier inside the organization. And then as time went on, I understood enough of the technical benefits and enough of the technical features to engage in a conversation. And if I couldn't, I was very quick to get them in touch with someone that could within my organization. Do you feel that's how you overcome that challenge or do you do it differently?
1: I do a portion of that, but what I made sure I knew was my products. I'm very quick to go to my customers because usually there is a connection there. So I'm able to be vulnerable and learn from them as far as corrosion is concerned But then because I worked so hard at knowing my products and knowing how it applies to the corrosion or prevents corrosion, I were able to then match. And it's actually, for the most part, the first conversation we have is very productive and very progressing as far as where sales is concerned, because I'm very open with the fact that I've been in the industry for three years and I know my products very well, but also the customer is the expert. So they'll tell us where they want to go and how they want to apply, consider applying your product, et cetera. I definitely take pride in the fact that I'm easy to work with as far as a casual personality, but also very vulnerable in the sense that they are the experts and I'm just there to help qualify our product to their needs.
0: Yes. And it sounds just like in marketing, you're a constant learner and a constant student where you said you're not just out there trying to be a pretty face or a gregarious personality. You're saying, Hey, I take the time to study and understand my products so I can serve my customers better. And every sales professional that I've met, man or woman that approaches it the same way that you do also backs it up with that you know, that work that no one sees in the dark where you're just learning yeah. the product, you're spending time and you're in the knowledge, you're in the knowledge, you're learning from customers. And I think it's easy if you're looking at sales from the outside to talk it away as this, or if you're an engineer that actually has that intrinsic knowledge to say, oh, Heidi's just doing this because she's nice. No, actually you can think what you want, but that'd be discounting all the effort that you put in when no one's looking.
1: Yes, for sure. And I appreciate you recognizing that. I say this a lot, especially when it comes to the oil and gas and pipeline industry, hard work recognizes hard work. So if you're genuinely working hard it in the dark or in the front, in the light, they're going to recognize that. They're going to recognize that your comfort and conversation, your authenticity, all of that, that they recognize it. And our industry is full of hard workers. They're not bragging about themselves, but our industry is made of hard workers. And a lot of them are the first responders that most people don't know about in the pipeline industry.
0: Absolutely. So let's circle back to the video series because I assume you had some benefits from that as I've seen your personal brand grow. Why don't you talk a little bit about how you started the video series, because you don't have a big production team or anything like that. You just got in there and did it. And then what were the benefits that you've realized in the moment? And then since the video series has concluded?
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. We did just go out there. I was approached to do the series. To get in my first LinkedIn Live series, I recognized that there was a gentleman named Jim Kunkel that really took pride in his interviews about pipeline coatings and protective coatings. And I told him, this was early on in my first year in the industry, if you need help, if you need anyone to bounce ideas off of test camera shots, things like that, I am willing to help and would love to help. And he took me right away on and said, I'd love it if you could join me on the series. And we did that. A year later, he and another peer in the industry asked if I would do more of a professional development series. And we did, and I said, absolutely, but only if we take live comments and reply to those live comments right there i'm not doing this for myself i'm not doing this to be on camera i'm doing this to connect with people and for me to be able to justify committing to that every tuesday morning at 8 a.m i need to know that we're going to do the best we can and the linkedin live series went amazing on the professional development i would say 90 percent of the time we would have over 100 comments and engagement To me, it's all about the engagement. And I know everyone says that now, engage, engage, but it truly is because that's what builds the connections. And that is what I would say is the true benefit is connecting. So being new to the industry, I was able to skip a step or two of people getting to know me by putting myself out there every week. And it worked. And because I was able to skip the introduction step or getting to know me step, they were able to get to know me on camera and live and able to engage with me right there in the comments that we would address on screen. So that was a benefit. I learned so much because that commitment, I'm pretty loyal to my commitments. And I made that commitment every week to get on live. And so I had to know the topics, every topic there was professional communication, all these things that I needed to brush up on because I was so sales and marketing focused. The learning never stopped. It, it really didn't. I didn't think people wanted to connect with me. And I'm an ext- extrovert, but I'm very introverted at the same time. And to see that people will actually wanted to genuinely connect with me was really cool.
0: That's awesome. How do you think that series has served you? That's been almost a year now, right? How do you feel like that's served you now that we're out there? I see you at conferences more. Do you feel like that's made it easier for you to approach people? And do you get approached about that content, even though it's passed?
1: Yes, I would get approached all the time. I'm very quality over quantity as far as my connections and followers on LinkedIn. And that broadcast was on LinkedIn Live. So a lot of the people from my industry were the ones viewing it. They actually I would say 95%. So they recognized me, approached me at the conferences. Uh, they still do. I actually the one thing I don't like is that I can't know everyone. And so it really bothers me if if I don't know their name, but I will be vulnerable and say, hey, do I know you from somewhere? And a lot of times it's because we've engaged or we're connected on LinkedIn. And it just happened to me last week in the Northeast Corrosion Conference. And it happens to me all the time, quite honestly, yes. And it's really neat uh, in the sense that, again, we're skipping a step or two because one or the other or both feel like we know each other.
0: Yes. That can be an uncomfortable feeling sometimes too. I experienced the same thing. I've been producing content for a while now in various forms. And when I meet someone that knows me, they typically know a lot more about me than I know about them unless Mm -hmm. they produce content too. Like you had mentioned, Jim Kunkel, we should shout out Jim Kunkel too. He has a follow him on LinkedIn he has a great podcast. He's been doing a live stream for a while now. He puts out um,
1: some great content for
0: sure. In the industry and outside of the industry, who knows what he's going to be doing. He might be one of those people that you see it, taking it in a whole nother direction because he's talented as well. So someone like him, I feel like I know just as well as he would feel like he knows me, but not a lot sure. of people make content. And it can be uneasy sometimes when someone's talking to you about these personal things and you're like oh yeah, I made a post about that. <laughs> That's where you know that information from. And yeah, that, that can be uneasy sometimes, but something that to your point, it can make you uneasy, but at the same time, it's a benefit because people do know more about you as a person. And Absolutely. if they get to know you better as a person, they you develop that trust, you develop that expertise, and then it's okay, we can do business. To your point, you skip steps in the business development process.
1: Absolutely. One of my favorite things that people get through engaging online and in the lives is my sense of humor. So I have a huge sense of humor and I love to incorporate that into work because of my LinkedIn lives and things like that, my engagement and and whatnot. I definitely attract those that have a sense of humor and it's a lot of fun. It makes work more, more fun.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Let's go back again in time. So you start at VCP sales and you do the video series and then You had a focus on social media, which I would say is different than what other organizations have focused on. When did you realize you wanted to utilize social media to reach this industry that wasn't being reached that way?
1: I got started about six months prior to COVID. I mentioned this early on that I had some groundwork to lay because most everyone that gets in this industry stays in it because it's so great. And Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of people that I had to uh, bypass to get further and faster in my career with the pipeline industry. So I've been on LinkedIn since 2007 during those publishing and technology years. So it wasn't too hard to pick it back up. And again, I mentioned my motivation and what kept me motivated, but a lot of the followers and connections, it seemed like my content was resonating with them. And I was surprised, but then again, in hindsight, I wasn't because I would always take what I learned in the field with the pipeliners or the engineers or the contractors, I would take that and incorporate it into content, whether it be a picture, whether it be bullet points, things like that. Their terms, their words, and their needs is what makes it easy for me to sell is I'm just relaying. People crave and love peer networking in the corrosion industry for case studies specifically. They like to talk about what hands-on stuff and applications and things like that. So I recognized early on that factor. And so I took every meeting that I had, every demo that I did, every question I asked, a frequently asked question page, I incorporated that into the content for my LinkedIn as I built my followers and saw that it really, truly resonated with them. I sometimes will post all things. Uh, work is very personal to me. So Most of the time, I don't feel uncomfortable doing that. And also the algorithm likes it. People like it. But again, I try to stay within my industry as well as the marketing peers. But yeah, people do like it, it seems.
0: Absolutely. We launched thought leadership programs for leaders and organizations and engineering managers. And one of the issues we have to overcome in the beginning is there's two issues that normally pop up. The first one is getting them to agree to be personal. So getting those personal stories out of them to begin with is normally a challenge. But then after a month or so, and they're used to it, they start to see that content performs well. And so they're like, oh, hey, people really like this. And then that's all they want to post It's, hey, you got to understand like that is good. That's going to do great on likes. And if you're trying to just build a LinkedIn personality, yes, we should do that. But if we have an objective about informing people about the subject that you're an expert in, you have to recognize it's not going to appeal to as many people, but you got to make that too. Otherwise people aren't going to know what the heck you're doing out there.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And it takes a lot of hard work to be conscious of that. Yes. I'd love to share some of the things with my peers on LinkedIn because all of my favorite ones are on LinkedIn. So I'd love to say, hey, this happened to my son today or my daughter today and whatnot. But I know that it makes it more about me. And that's something that's unproductive in the grand scheme of things on LinkedIn. I'll never forget a year ago, I had someone that I work with introduce me as a LinkedIn live host to someone in the industry. And most people with egos would love that. I did not. I was like, you know what? I got to draw back because I am, I loved a LinkedIn live host. And the people that I connected with could definitely call me a LinkedIn live host. But the people in the industry that aren't on it, I don't want to be introduced as that. I recognized that it was starting to be about me and not about what I do work-wise. And that's always my number one priority.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. At least my experience has been you almost you can't help but have it be like that. I'm the same way. I don't like being introduced as a lot of the things that I'm introduced as. This is the social media guy.
1: A lot of yeah. times it's undermining, oh, well, this is what she does. Because if I don't say it like that, then she, she's much further along than I am. So... I can't introduce her as a successful person in the industry. I got to call her a social media starlet or something crazy like that. But bottom line, people want to do business with who they like, who they connect with. And part of it being about you personally is important. And I think you actually on LinkedIn do a great job of incorporating that because now that I'm a little older, a lot of success is based upon what you do personally. And I didn't know that for a long time. So getting up at 5am, exercising, all of these things contribute to your overall health And physical and mental is just as important as the other. The prep work that you do for work is a lot of times personal. The motivation comes from your children and things like that. So yeah, it's bittersweet.
0: I have a, a fantastic mentor and used to be my boss and he talks a lot about work life integration. He'd even think about it as work life balance. He said, "Your life is never balanced. Sometimes it's more about what's happening personally, right. sometimes it's more about what's happening about work and you ultimately have to make that determination and be the judge of how you're going to integrate that." He lives that in the sense that if you're going through something personal, he does back off from a work standpoint too. Why don't you take a little bit more time? Why don't you do this? And I remember having a conversation with me and him saying, this is a time in your life when you need to be more about what's happening in your family than what's happening at work. And we know that you're going to show up and you're going to deliver as you can. Don't lose the beat but take the time that you need to be able to be there for your family. And I carry that into my own business, especially when you enjoy what you do, your life is more enjoyable. There's days that I'm on the phone until seven o'clock at night. And there's days that I'm leaving at one o'clock to be able to take my son to this jump thing that he loves to do. And that latitude and that freedom, that integration, I think if more people approached it that way, they would have more latitude.
1: What I recognize listening to you, that's why it's so much more important to take care of your mental health, be proactive in physical health, because your gut instinct there and what needs you at that moment or at that day is so important. And it's important to take care of yourself mentally and physically so that your gut instinct isn't clouded. You're doing this, but then you're still not reaping the benefits from enjoying that quality time with your child because you're clouded and think you should be here. So it's really important to be proactive on your mental and physical health because gut instinct is what's going to come to play on work-life balance. Your mentor said when you're going through a rough spot or something's going on in your family that might not be 100, it is important also to recognize that your gut instinct isn't gonna be that productive. So you just gotta know, I gotta step back and I gotta be there for myself or my family.
0: I don't remember what leader this is, so I'm not gonna throw it out. He talks about the importance of earning the trust of your gut. You need to be able to trust your gut But to your point, if you're not doing things to take care of your mental clarity, having the life that I want to live wrote down and then writing down goals and writing down these different things, and then having a process to be able to do that on a consistent basis, you haven't really earned the right to trust your gut and you will go astray because you don't actually know what you want. That's like the story my 20s. It was, oh, more money? Yes, yes, yes. Let's do that. Let's do that. This is less money. Don't want to do it. Want more money. Want more responsibility. More, 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 more. And then- my thirties, I was like, wait a second, what am I doing right now? (laughs) I wasn't able to trust my gut until I really put the time in to be able to do that. That
1: blows me away. What you said the developing the right to trust your gut or vice versa, but you're right. It continued on into my thirties until I had the privilege back then I thought it was a negative of being forced to stop. I opened a restaurant and it wasn't terrible. It was great, but it forced me to stop adding things to my plate, to stop growing. And now I look back and think it was a huge privilege to learn that in my early 30s so that I could live a much more qualitative life.
0: We're going to wrap up here in a minute. I want to ask follow up with two questions. So, after this, we're going to get in your best routine or habit. I feel like in my industry, professional services, but then also in the industries that you serve, people have a misconception about what a strong brand does, what good marketing does. They either don't believe it works at all, or they want everything to be measured incrementally and think that every opportunity has a direct benefit where it comes through a website, you convert people in this one spot. And if you're not converting people here, then it's not working. And my experience has been, if you are trying to measure everything, you're completely missing the point, especially when this is a lot about relationships. If you measure how many relationships that you gain and how much do people know us when we show up to these things, it's not the end all be all, but it's going to be an accelerant to make everything else easier. That's the way I view it from my current perspective. What do you view the biggest benefits of your efforts from marketing standpoint with the understanding of you've actually closed deals. So you know it better than
1: other marketers love to hear that from you. You triggered me so much. And what you just said, I do know, and I do see value, and I do see others that are more sales-oriented, that focus on the measurement and the ROI and et cetera, in analyzing the ROI. But where I come in as a hybrid role is I trust the marketing process, number one. I know that it's development. As far as VCP sales is concerned what we were able to do with the online marketing success. Because we also did a lot of webinars. My boss and I created eight slides in eight minutes during COVID. People loved it. It was only eight minutes, 10 at the most, and it was only eight slides. But So we've had a lot of success online, social media and whatnot. And what I was the one that oversaw that and I knew it was going to work. Had I had to also take the time to convince someone else that it was going to work, being a hybrid role, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So kudos to my boss for giving me the leeway to do that without having to constantly measure, measure, measure. I don't really mean this, but you could almost negate the business development role with online marketing because That's what online marketing, if you're resonating with your clients and you're not way off base, it's minimally going to develop your business better than anything out there. Sometimes I do put together some stats to give to my boss, even though it's not required, I run the system, but 78% of engineers look online now before purchasing. And that wasn't the case a few years ago. And that's key to our industry. So the benefits that I see is second to none in online marketing, a person also responsible for sales. It's just online marketing. You're going to skip so many steps regardless of what you can measure in time is money. And you feel that
0: I'm sure being on the front lines, you know what it was like selling when you first started the company. And then you know what it's like selling now. I would imagine it's significantly easier for you to form new relationships, grow relationships, and people already show up with a base understanding of who Heidi is and who VCP sales is. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. You are correct in saying that. And I like that you keep using the word relationships because bottom line, that's what it's about. It's about building relationships.
0: So take us away. What is your best routine or habit?
1: My best habit is definitely reading and that's reading the Bible and prayer. I'm very faith-based. I think others could incorporate that into any way that they want to take it, but reading and learning and going to something that keeps you accountable is so important. And my second would be getting up early. I'm an early bird. My life changed when I started drinking coffee at 26 years old.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. I like the reading the Bible and the faith-based component of it. I have conversations with people about these kind of foundational habits and meditation is one of them, but meditation, it's not always the same thing for everyone. By you taking the time to be... Thankful is what I'm sure you're doing during those moments, taking the time to re-educate yourself on what the good word is and the way you want to live your life. You're getting into a meditative state.
1: Absolutely. I think it's bottom line about clearing your mind to allow your gut instinct to allow for me, allow that time at peace with the good word, as you said it in God. So absolutely.
0: Thank you very much for taking the time. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I wish you all the success. Please stay in touch.
0: Absolutely. Thank mm-hmm. you.